No Coffee, the song that we just listened to, is the lead single from Amber Kaufman's 2017 album, City of No Reply. It's Kaufman's first solo album, and it's a breakup album, but it's more than a breakup album. I'm going to talk to you today about why I think that part of that more is a voice spoken into an empty space that is very resonant with the kind of empty space that we seek to engage at Lent. That space is the difference between the world we expect or encounter and the world as it actually is. Those of us who have been watching and reading and talking about women talking have been working with this difference. The women in the book and movie learn something about their world that fundamentally changes how they see it. And they need to decide what they're going to do about this. The possibilities for their future are the ones that they can name. Jan's comment this morning that fictionalized stories can help us approach the actual world is another layer here. We can only do the things that we first can say. Our language ends up being the way that we can negotiate different worlds. I'll admit that this perspective that we need to be able to say before we can see is counterintuitive to me. I like to believe that my body moves around the world clumsily but moves and my senses interact with the world and that language is a way of thinking about that in words that attach to the world that I've already experienced. But again and again, I learn the word for something and then all of a sudden I'm able to see it everywhere. A simple example, right, is someone's name. Kyle and Brienne are back with us this morning. I can see them and recognize them partly because I remember their names. The example that I'd pick out of the, of, from the song is the one about the motorcycle. Kaufman suggests that she is going to learn how to keep up with her partner, David Longstreet, by learning how to ride a motorcycle. Riding a motorcycle is something that you do with your body. You lean and shift and react with your body. But when you learn how to ride, you also learn new words, and those words shape the world that you inhabit as a motorcycle rider. A big reason why I think that this album is full of Lent songs is that for about a year after it was released, City of No Reply was the only album that I could listen to. I'm going to start by talking about the song we listened to this morning, but this is one of those albums that tells a full story across its songs. No Coffee is an early part of that story. This is a love song, but you can tell that not everything is going perfectly, and not just in the obviously heretical line, don't need no coffee. <laughs> the theme that Kaufman has a lot of love to give but that David Longstreet, the partner that these songs are about, isn't returning it, runs throughout the album. By the end of the album, Kaufman sings lyrics like, how is playing it safe working out for you? Your memory can't fade fast enough for what you did to me. And we see some of the arc of this relationship. But this is more than just a breakup album. Kaufman engages anger very rarely here and she is really reflective and even kind for someone processing a breakup. She opens the album with the song All to Myself, which ends with the lyric, 
there's a voice inside of me, and it's time to listen, which is then repeated as, there's a voice inside of you, and it's time to listen. And she ends the album with the song Kindness, which ends with these two stanzas. And when they ask us, when they ask us what led to this conclusion, we'll tell them we did the best we could. Yes, we did. May summer rain set you at ease. May winds of change help calm your seas. And may blue feathers fall to you from up above. May you always know that you are loved. Throughout the album, Kaufman embeds her thoughts and feelings about her relationship into the larger world of nature so that it feels like she is describing a new world that she has found, populated by cities, oceans, deserts, and dreams. I want to tell you some of the story of their relationship. This is going to involve geeking out for a couple of paragraphs. You are used to pastors geeking out in sermons. You pay us to do it but we usually choose the Bible, and today you're getting indie progressive rock music. You're also probably used to being bored, so here goes. <laughs> David Longstreet formed the band Dirty Projectors in 2002 as a vehicle for his songwriting. In 2006, Amber Kaufman joined the band, and the two started dating. They released three albums, Bitta Orca, Mount Wittenberg Orca, and Swing Low Magellan which were critically acclaimed during that time. It's some of my favorite music. Longstreet was the main songwriter and vocalist, but Kaufman had a significant and more and more significant role. They were together until 2012, at which point their romantic relationship ended. After a long, tumultuous period, they managed to patch things up. And in 2014, they started working together again, but this time on music that Kaufman was the main songwriter and vocalist for. By 2015, Longstreet had moved from New York to LA and built a studio, and City of No Reply was recorded in his studio. He became the album's producer and is a co-writer on all of the songs. By the end of 2015, the album was recorded, but their relationship had deteriorated again, and they weren't communicating. In the fall of 2016, Kaufman learned that Longstreet had recorded his own breakup album, and he was going to be releasing it in February of 2017. She was surprised by all of this and surprised that he was continuing to use the Dirty Projectors band name, which hadn't been used since 2012. The 2017 album was the first one where the album was also called Dirty Projectors, so he really leaned into that name. And the first um, song on that album is called Keep Your Name. Longstreet released his breakup album in February, and City of No Reply was released in June. Here's what I think happened, and this is pure projection on my part. It's projection based on listening to City of No Reply exclusively for about a year, and trying to listen to the Dirty Projectors album, but failing. Dirty Projectors, the album, is a horrible album. <laughs> I think that Longstreet was eager to relate to Kaufman and to work on her music. And his production on this album is exquisite by my, by my lights. Together, the two of them are remarkably gifted at taking relatively complex and avant-garde musical expressions and forcing them into the container of a pop song. Kaufman leaves most of the avant-garde behind on City of No Reply, but what remains 
really gives the album a unique texture. But I think that as Longstreet read the lyrics and listened to Kaufman sing them and thought about what musical textures could accompany them and reflected on all of that, he slowly realized that what Kaufman was saying about him, and he didn't like it, he was able to see a new world. But it wasn't a world where he liked himself or liked her or liked their relationship. In response, he went off and made a very angry album and released it ahead of her album, so his reply preempted the release of her album. In City of No Reply, Kaufman beautifully articulates the distance that she felt from Longstreet. In a song like No Coffee, um, she also articulates how she's going to overcome it. She displays a rare and beautiful hope, reflecting in a song written and recorded after the end of the relationship on how she will make the relationship work. She portrays strength, courage, desire, and a willingness to learn. In Dark Night, she sings, and baby, when the future calls, pick up and talk to it. Don't hesitate. Watch your world blossom and grow. 2017 was a really hard year for me. I'd lost my dream job at the end of 2015 and was realizing I'd probably also lost my career as a professor. The spreadsheet of job applications had grown to well over 100 entries and was populated more and more not by jobs I wanted, but by jobs that I thought I could get. My identity was changing, my self-confidence was falling, and I was increasingly depressed. The depression was one answer for why I wasn't listening to music other than by Amber Kaufman. One of the hardest things about depression is that it makes it harder to do and to enjoy the things that we know will make us happy. Listening to and playing music has always been that throughout my life, but it had ceased to be an activity that I could engage in during that year. Except for City of No Reply. I think that the reason that I could listen to that album, even wanted to listen to that album, was that I could see someone taking a difficult situation, assessing it seriously, and succeeding at moving on. The title song from the album is also its turning point, and it includes this stanza. I'll testify, I found a couple of wells that wound up dry, but I wanna get back to the ocean blue, I want to swim in rivers and lakes, and I'm hoping on looking for the language of love, but I, sorry, and I'm roaming on looking for the language of love, but I hope that it's not more of the same before this journey's done. The personal tragedy of a broken relationship or lost career can be difficult to connect to larger social level tragedies. Individual experience, in, individuals experience things differently than groups. Individuals experience things differently than other individuals. We have all had something similar over the last few years. The world that we thought we understood, the one that we were hopeful for, even working to fit ourselves into, suddenly changed during the pandemic. We were able to see a new world. What are we going to do with this new world that we are able to see? There are some obvious answers here worth stating. Don't write an angry album. <laughs> write one which looks at the world blossom and grow. The most clear example of this for me, oops, I'm not gonna read that paragraph.
So in this, in this pandemic world, um, <coughs> we learned a lot about ourselves uh, and we learned a lot about our interrelationship to other people because we learned much more about what it means to kind of share the same air, to be in the same space. We're kind of continuing to cling on here at Shalom to wearing our masks every Sunday. Um, part of that is an expression of our care and concern for each other and a recognition that um, we are connected. It's, it's interesting, I think, for a lot of us to kind of continue to wear masks in this space long after we've given them up in most other contexts in our lives. So this world that we see, that we learn how to see because we're able to talk about it, has different kind of impacts for us. Some of the most clear examples for me of this are, are things like being able to see a hummingbird moth, um, learning the name for hummingbird moth, not having ever seen it in my life up until I learned the name, but then after I learned the name, I can see it everywhere. Um, my exact story of this was seeing it, feeding from the coneflowers in my backyard in Bluffton, um, just all over the place in that week. The most powerful example for me about this is learning about the interweaving of capitalism and racism and the ongoing war in our country against the poor and then seeing a bank fail and get bailed out. It looks different depending on what we know about it. The scriptures for today are also about seeing a world and seeing the possibility in a person. Samuel has a bunch of expectations for what God's anointed will look like. He needs to be told what to expect. He can only see what he can say. But once he is told, he looks for David and finds him. John 9 is also a story about seeing and saying. The blind man listens to what Jesus says, and that he is then able to see. When he returns from the pool of Siloam, no one recognizes him. They don't recognize him because they aren't ready to accept that Jesus is God. If it were easy for them to confess that Jesus is God, that they would expect that Jesus could do miracles, and it wouldn't be hard to believe that a blind man could see. Their inability to say becomes an inability to see. Describing our world was so fantastically difficult during the pandemic, and it remains so now, three years later. It is a kind of empty space that we don't know how to talk about. Are we still in the pandemic? It's a mistake to simply say no. But we can look realistically at the difficult situation, assess it seriously, and look towards moving on. But we can only do these things if we are able to say and see them. Amen.